Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Grant Napier here on Listen Up as we get the week started. Uh, I will begin by talking about the open championship yesterday i don't ever recall somebody playing as well as rory mcelroy did and still not winning a tournament when he entered it with a three-stroke lead and the guy that he was tied with fell off the map i mean rory mcelroy yesterday didn't hit the ball into any bunkers as a matter of fact i mean when you think about it, he only hit one bunker the entire tournament, and he holed out. He basically hit every fairway and every green. He just couldn't putt. But, I mean, from tee to green, uh, the guy was outstanding. But he got beat by a guy that caught fire in Cameron Smith. And Cameron Smith's putting was amazing. Roy McIlroy couldn't make anything. Could not make a putt. And because of that, not only did McElroy not finish first, they didn't finish second. Cameron Smith and Cameron Young both put on clinics in terms of how to navigate the golf course at St. Andrews. You know, and McElroy did too, by the way. He just couldn't putt. Incredible to watch that unfold and again see a leader who just flat out couldn't make a putt and got beat by the guy behind him. It was an amazing, an amazing round of golf uh, by Cameron Smith. So if you want to talk about that, we can do so. Uh, It's the All-Star break, the All-Star game tomorrow. The All-Star game, by the way, is going to be decided by a home run run derby if tied after nine. I would love to know what you think about that as uh, the home run derby is just starting tonight. Now, all right. I did my rant today once again on LeBron James. LeBron James on his talk show, The Shop, was asked about the most difficult place to play. All right? And he said Boston. And he said because they are racist as F. How about that? Boston, because they're racist as F. All fans that go to the Boston Celtics games are racist as F. Is that that what we're dealing with now? Is that true? I mean, do you believe that? Is that unbelievable or what? Seriously. All fans are racist as F. Yep, that's what we're dealing with, with LeBron James. It's amazing. Are there some fans that go to the Celtics games that are probably racist? Yep, probably are. It's a microcosm of society, unfortunately. But is that unbelievable or what? Do I think that there are some fans that cross the line? Yes, absolutely. I do. But the fans in general are racist as F? Man, I'm telling you, that's that's unbelievable. Incredible. 
All right, I want to hear from you today. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do it. Kendrick Perkins, a former Celtic who's now on ESPN, he's a former NBA player. I heard from so many other players about Boston being racist and things of that nature. But there's racism everywhere. But I will say the fans are too damn disrespectful when it comes to opposing teams coming to Boston. Disrespectful and racist are two different things. Right? I mean, disrespectful is not racist. Perkins said the fans in Boston do cross the line and hit below the belt when it comes down to being disrespectful. I can say throwing stuff at players like LeBron talk about the beer thrown at him. You start to get out of bounds when you start talking about people and loved ones. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But again, disrespectful and racist are two different things. And again, Perkins played in Boston, so he's got more experience. Perkins said he's never personally dealt with racism during his playing days. He said that on ESPN's first take. All right, so here's a guy that played in Boston, played in there as an opposing player, and said he's never personally dealt with racism during his playing days. I would think that if the fans in Boston are racist as F, as LeBron James stated, if that's true, sure that Perkins would have dealt with it. Incredible. That was on the show, as I said, the shop. And again, said that Celtics fans have crossed the line multiple times. Well, including pouring a beer on him a decade ago, because if you throw a beer on somebody, it doesn't mean you're a racist. Could be. Could be, but I don't know. It doesn't mean you're automatically a racist. If you've crossed the line, that doesn't mean you're a racist. All right? And again, I don't condone those actions. And I've been pretty straightforward on what I think should happen if a fan makes a racial slur, throws something onto the playing surface. Uh, yeah, there should be a very strong consequences. Very strong. But to just come out and say that Boston fans are racist as F. Huh. And I was not aware of this. Uh, Le LeBron James is part of an ownership group that owns the Red Sox. I was not aware of that. I wonder how they feel about his comments. Oh, well. Always something with LeBron James. Right? And again, the exact quote was, he hates playing in Boston because fans are racist as F. There you go. Good morning on a Monday. Always something to talk about. Always something to talk about. I wonder what it's going to be like next year when LeBron goes in to play a game at the Boston Garden. Just curious. You know? Just, I don't know. I, I just wish this stuff would stop. You know? I really do. All right. If you want to get in on the show today, hit your hand icon. Uh, raise your hand and we'll do it. What do you think of the All-Star game being decided by a home run derby if the game is tied after nine innings? Good idea, bad idea. Do you even care? Ugh. I mean, uh, as you would expect, Clayton Kershaw is starting tomorrow night in his home ballpark. The uh, Shane McClanahan from the Rays will start for the American League. Here's your problem with the home run derby being decided if the game is tied. Aaron Judge isn't one of the players selected by Dusty Baker. And the reason for that is probably uh, he doesn't want to be part of the home run derby, but still... If you really want to do it, then let's do it, right? Let's do it. All right, why don't we get to uh, some phone calls to uh, start off the week here on Listen App. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. And uh, we say 
uh, good morning or good afternoon, rather, to Jeff on this Monday. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How the heck are you? Good, buddy. What's up? Well, uh, I guess we should ask Bill Russell what he thinks of all those championships on the rack there in, in, in Boston, huh? Well, I do. I do know what Bill Russell thinks. Bill Russell was the victim of a lot of racial hatred when he played in Boston. As a matter of fact, I was at a luncheon uh, when Bill Russell was the coach of the Sacramento Kings. The Kings had a lunch once a month for season ticket holders up at the uh, restaurant on the fourth floor at the Arco Arena. And Bill, Bill Russell was asked yeah. during a luncheon by a fan about what he thought about Boston. And his exact answer, okay, his exact answer, word for word was, I'd rather be in jail in Sacramento than be the mayor of Boston, okay? Word for word, I'd rather be in jail in Sacramento than be the mayor of Boston. Could you imagine if a comment was made today like that, that would be front page news everywhere. It would be Twitter warfare, but that's how that's what oh. Bill thought about Boston. Uh, yep. So, wow. and I, well, no, it's not a, a Bill. Well, Bill, Bill was good. Bill was a victim of racism and racist hatred yeah, when he played in Boston. But that, again, that's... I'm not condoning it. But we're talking about the 50. We're talking about the 50s no. now. Okay, we're not talking about 2022. Sure. We're talking about the 50s. I know. Now, I mean, these guys with woke and all that, they're going to outlaw you saying boo in the stands pretty soon. You're not going to be able to stand up and say boo. I mean, that's going to be like you're assaulting somebody. That's next. You watch it. Anyways, hey, I was going to, I thought Rory, I mean, with that bunker shot, when was that? Saturday on 17? Saturday. Was that 17? Yeah, I thought, yep. I thought he was going to run yep. away. I thought that was it. And then, and then that that kid from Australia, what six six birdies on the back nine shoots a thirty. Yeah, he was on fire. Oh. He was on fire. I mean, he was uh, he was great. Uh, his putting was just incredible. He's you know obviously known yeah, for his putting, and, but his putting was unbelievable. He made all the putts, and McElroy missed all the putts. And then he was in what did they call that uh, the Valley of Hell or something? He had to putt over that, and he got about what three feet before the hole. And he, and he sunk it, and that, and then he, he went twenty under. I don't know if you remember. I'm going to tell you the green, the green, the one thing about St. Andrews, you really don't get an appreciation for the undulations on those greens until you get there and play it. I mean, when I was walking on some of those greens, you're like, oh my gosh, like literally, it would be like a, a you know, a, 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 the best, most difficult putt putt course you've ever played in your life. You know, for miniature golf. I mean, the the, the undulations yeah. and the slopes on the greens are absolutely amazing. Well, Havlin couldn't. He couldn't do crap on no. Sunday. I felt bad for that no. kid. He was all smiles. He was all smiles, and he was totally stoked on Saturday. And he was playing like match play with Rory, you know. And then I thought, shit, this guy might have a chance. And then he couldn't. He he just yep. He just couldn't do nothing on Sunday. Well, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. All right, Grant, you take it easy. All right, Jeff, good hearing from you. Bye-bye. All, right. All right, if you want to get on the show, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. You know, that course, as I said, if you watch the open, it's not visually appealing to watch on TV, or at least it wasn't for me. I mean, as I, I've, I've told you this, other than the first hole, the 17th, which is the road hole, and the 18th, that's probably the most unappealing golf course to watch. Uh, Carnoustie was like that too, I would say. A lot of the courses over in that part of the world are. They're not visually appealing. They're not, you know, aesthetically, certainly not Augusta, right? Okay, doesn't look like Pebble Beach. <laughs> it's, uh, the courses are, that's not what the, the purpose of golf is over in that part of the world. Uh, Lynx golf courses, it's a pretty amazing. It really is. It's, it was incredible to go over there and experience that. All right, let's get to uh, Al on Listen Up. Hello, Al. How are you on this Monday? Good, Nate. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, buddy. Oh, I just want to comment on a couple of things. First up, I agree with you on the on the uh, British Open, St. Andrews. I actually got that. Me and my wife were touring 
Great Britain a few years back, and I didn't play the course, but one of these young guys was on the tour with his mom, and she bought him, uh, paid for him to play around. He, the kid was like in his 20s, and so he, she, she treated him to it. So, uh, well, like we got to see the St. Andrews and the, and the clubhouse and the, and the course. I just think it's really where they filmed the uh, Chariots of Fire, you know, that one scene. And I think it's like you said, it's just a historical aspect of it. I mean, when you think of centuries of the game where that was really invented, you know, and that's where the, that's where the allure, the aura is with the historical uh, relevance of a, of this great uh, game that the, you know, the game, the game was almost invented there, you know? Yeah, it was invented there. I mean, the guy, they've been playing golf on that golf course for over 700 years, which is hard to believe. As to LeBron and, you know, LeBron, Draymond, Kyrie, I mean, we have, Who's going to say this? We had a, ought to have a weekly contest. Who's going to say the most ridiculous thing for the week and have a winner or something? But he's painting with a broad brush. I mean, sure, there's, like you said, there's racist fans everywhere. And unfortunately, Bill Russell, he had to endure it personally on a personal level. I mean, probably after those Celtics teams won a championship, they could only go out to certain bars to drink because I'm sure he was back in the 50s. It probably was. Uh, no, no, no colors people allowed signs, but you can't see every. Hey, listen, I had I I had Dusty Baker on my podcast, and Dusty yeah. said I asked him point blank, "What was it like, you know, as a as a black man moving from California and going right. to the Deep South in the '60s?" And he talked about the story when he was in the minors the first year that when they were on road trips, the black players couldn't get off the bus right. when the bus stopped to go have food to go into the restaurant that the white players had to bring them their food back. That was 1969. So listen, we understand the history. We understand, you know, the issues with racism. And we also acknowledge and understand right. that racism still exists today. But to paint the Boston fans with a broad brush like that, broad brush and just say they're, 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 they're racist as F, it's just, you know, again, another irresponsible comment by LeBron James, in my opinion. And he's, he's Teflon LeBron. It's like these guys, some of these guys are just Teflon. They can say whatever they want. Nothing's going to stick to them. Yep. There's going to be no repercussions because of who, where the source is, is coming from and who, who the source is. But uh, my, my nephew is Hispanic, and he said, you know, Uncle, he loves the Celtics. He's never been to the actual TD Garden, but he's a big fan. He goes, you're not racist. You already pointed this out. You're not racist for you yelling at a guy, obscenities at a guy or or calling him names or something, or wearing a T-shirt, LBJ sucks. That's not racist. And you already pointed that out. So, yep. I'll just let you go, buddy. I just want to chime in on that. Hopefully, LeBron will take a break. But and to be part owner of the Red Sox and come out that comment, just like you just alluded about, shaking my head on that one. Yep. Al, great hearing from you, buddy. You have a good week. You take care. Yeah, you too, my friend. Take care. Yep, bye-bye now. All right, we got some more phone calls to get to, and uh, we are going to say hello to uh, John. John, it's good to hear from you, buddy. It's been a while, but uh, glad that you can be on with me here on Listen Up. What's up, John? Oh, man, what a fantastic weekend, and it's been a little bit of a while. I was fishing last week, and I tuned in to some of the shows, and I caught a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and but I didn't really have – the greatest of reception, which is great in this day and age, not to be able to hear all the bullshit times. You know what I mean? Boy, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. 100% correct. I agree a whole lot. You, you of all people know exactly what I mean, Grant. No, no kidding. Yep. I did catch some golf though Saturday and Sunday. And uh, Cam, man, you know, I, I root for that guy. He's an Australian kid and he's a surfer. And, you know, I, it makes, I guess I'm racist for surfers, okay? Because, you know. <laughs> Oh my I'm God! Great putter. The thing he did, he freaking kept it in out of the long stuff a lot, and that's what got him. He yes, kept he it did. out of the long stuff. He, you know, and even the long stuff. I don't know. You'd know better than me. It didn't seem that hard to hit out of, but you know, just by judging a lot of the other, a lot of the other golfers being able to hit out of, it. and then now the view from straight above that they have out there, they're they're bringing on this year. That absolutely actually shows the lie which is 
pretty cool to see where there's yes all pieces of straw and that's it all depends yes and it all depends on the lie you know some of the some of the courses that i've played over there uh, the rough is much worse than at St. Andrews, but you're right about St. Andrews. It's not as it's not as thick that the, the rough. Uh, I can't remember what the term they use over there. It's like uh, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's 100 percent dependent on it's the lie. Yeah, it's wiry, rough or something. I don't know. Yep. It's like straw and yep. a single piece here and there. It's not like you'd see on a really thick, lush green at Augusta or something where you see nice, beautiful green grass and you can barely see a white spot on the ball. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example. I've played on golf courses that have incredible rough. Uh, hitting out of the, we'll call it the rough at St. Andrews, is easier than when your ball is at the bottom of the grass in thick rough. Like that, to me, hitting the ball out of the rough at St. Andrews is easier to advance the ball than if you're in, you know, lush, thick grass, you know, on a golf course in America. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man, because I've, you know, I've played a handful of courses that have thick, nice, rough grass, and then a lot of it that are cow pastures, basically, like that. You walk around, you yep. wear golf shoes or, uh, uh, or you know, hiking boots or something like that. Because yeah. It's just, yeah. but I'm hey, that's what makes it, that's what makes it neat. And, you know, it's a 150-year-old tournament, but you like, like you said, they've been playing 700 years there, just like that rock wall, you know, toward, what is it, 17th and 18th and... Uh, hand, hand. Uh, well, the, yeah, the wall is amazing. And then the, the Swilkin Bridge on 18, which, you know, to be standing on that bridge is, uh, I mean, I have so many great photos on that bridge. Uh, I, I, St. Andrews is a magical, magical place. It really is. Hey, watching those guys play 17 and 18 and, you know, recalling you and your memories about the greatest, greatest shot ever on 18 is uh, yep, ever. Really, really cool to see. And the undulations on the green. On the greens, you said you can't really see it from the TV. I, I can kind of. I totally understand it. I've played a lot of courses that have just undulating greens. There, you wouldn't even think you'd put a green there. You'd think you'd got to flatten that out because yep. Yep. you know, just like both edges, it, it yep. roll off into roll off into the uh, uh, sand trap or you know more of the weeds on the other side. It's but what a cool tournament! What a cool course! And man, that. Uh, the second to last group and the last group on Sunday. Holy crap, man. They knocked it out of the park. And it's not like Rory putted that poorly. It's just they were all two putts. Poor guy. He couldn't make of them. Every yeah. single one was. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, he just could not make birdie putts. You're exactly right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of root for Rory. But when I saw Cam was in it, you know, I started getting behind that guy. And then on the second half, he knocked down the birdie. Okay, here comes nine. Oh, 10, 11. Bam! It comes out with five birdies to start the second round. Oh man, that was that was just fun to see. It was fun to see, Grant. John, good hearing from you, buddy. I'm glad you had a good week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. You do the same. Talk soon. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take care. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And uh, we say hello to Ryan on this Monday. Hello, Ryan. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Grant. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. What's up? Hey, um, you know, I want to thank you. It's not an easy subject to open up, especially when we're talking about racism. And LeBron's comments, certainly, you know, it's not fair to paint the Boston fans with a broad brush that everybody is racism. However, racism is real. We know this. It's not going away. Uh, Nobody has found the solution to it. I'm not sure that we ever will. But I guess the question that I have for you is, in your 32 years of broadcasting, did you see it get worse or better when you were courtside, hearing what fans were saying? Uh, Very rarely, I can't hear what fans are saying when I'm announcing a game because of the headsets that are on. So unless I'm in a quiet venue, um, I can't really hear the fans. I very rarely would hear comments that fans made uh, if they were indeed making comments to players. Uh, I was either talking or my analyst was talking. Uh, you know, there were a few times you could hear if there was a free throw, but I don't ever recall in 32 years hearing a fan make a racist comment. Uh, but, but again, I wouldn't have heard it most likely anyway. I just, it's very difficult to hear when you're announcing a game uh, because again, you're talking and you have a headset on. So uh, I'm, I'd be the wrong person to ask. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I thought you had superpowers, Grant. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I had superpowers, but I, I would say this. I don't recall after games being on the bus or being in the locker rooms. I don't ever recall. I would say this in my 32 years, not once, do I ever recall a player talking to another player openly about that or to me, or was I in a conversation where that was a subject after a game? I don't, I don't, I don't believe I've ever can recall that. I would say that. So, so Grant, obviously LeBron's been extremely outspoken. He has a large platform. Uh, Where do you think players go from here? Is it, you know, zipping it up, not saying a thing. I, I feel like you can't be in the middle. You you either have to zip it up or you have to, you know, take a stand and be, you know, basically a, not a social media justice person, but you, you have to, you know, really fight for something. And if you're in the middle, then the players, you know, it, it, look at MJ. MJ never. How can you t- how can you take a stand when the NBA doesn't do anything when a NBA player calls a former player and an analyst a racial derogatory term for a black person, which Raymond Green said to Kendrick Perkins? So why would the players think that they need to you know button it up as you say, or 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 when the NBA doesn't have a problem with it? Adam Silver even came out and acknowledged that he didn't have a problem with the fans chanting "F you, Draymond." Now, "F you, Draymond" is not a racist slur but it's derogatory and it's not you know as a commissioner of the league i think you'd rather not have 17 or eighteen thousand people chanting in unison you know f you uh but again if the league is not going to come out and admonish their players for making racial slurs like draymond green did to kendrick perkins then how is this ever going to get better the league doesn't have a problem with it obviously well, wouldn't you agree the league is on a very slippery slope? <laughs> you know, like what it, it, they can take action. Well, no, the league. How about how about how about what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. I, I would agree that there is politics coming in, but let's just call it the way it is. The NBA has become extremely woke. Uh, they cater 100 percent to their players. The commissioner, Adam Silver, who has done a lot of good things for the league, is a puppet commissioner now. All right. You rarely, rarely hear him criticize. All right. 
I mean, him coming out and saying that, you know, he's not happy that Kevin Durant uh, requested a trade is not really criticizing. I mean, I think most commissioners would agree that they want their players to uphold their contracts without demanding trade. So I didn't really think that was too much. Uh, but when's the last time you heard Adam Silver admonish one of his players who happens to be, you know, uh, black for anything? When's the last time? Well, unless it was something that happened on the court and there was a suspension. I mean, that that would probably be the last time that I can remember. Um, but no, I, I totally get it. And you are right about that. I mean, what he did, he he had a good, good, strong start. And I don't take any any type of, you know, pleasure in this. But, you know, the whole thing with Donald Sterling, right? Adam was first year on the job. And he axed him out of the league, had him sell the team, and that was the right thing to do. And I think that learned or earned a lot of credibility with the players. So um, I guess. For- well, I have a little different take. I have a little bit of a different take on that. Adam Silver, that was an easy choice to make for this reason. If you remember, the Clippers, the players with Chris Paul on the team, were going to boycott and they weren't going to play in the games. The sponsors of the L.A. Clippers had started to drop off and said, we will not put any of our money into this franchise if Donald Sterling remains owner. So Adam Silver and the NBA really had, for lack of a better term, an easy decision to make in removing Donald Sterling from ownership because the players were not going to play and sponsors were not going to sponsor the team anymore so without players that wanted to play and without sponsors sponsoring you know again it really was not a difficult decision to make but i i would i would agree the way adam silver handled it i think you are accurate uh won him uh a lot of credibility i'll put it to you that way yeah i mean it was you know what one credibility is it was a swift decision And certainly there's going to be probably legal consequences or you worry about that if you're the NBA. But um, no, he handled it well. I mean, I I just don't see where we go from here um, in terms of the NBA uh, players speaking out, social media. It's not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You and I have talked about how politics should not blend into sports and we've argued over that. But I, I, I don't see this getting any better. Do you see any path forward to where this changes? No, no, we're going. No, it's, and you ask a great question. We're going backwards in our society. And what's happening is more and more people are saying no to the NBA because players like LeBron James call an, uh, an entire fan base racist as F. And so what's happening is. When you see Draymond Green call Kendrick Perkins the C-word, a derogatory racial slur towards a black person, and the NBA does absolutely nothing, and then Draymond Green comes out and apologizes after talking with Joe Dumars and Adam Silver, what is happening right now is that we are all playing by a completely different set of rules and a different set of standards. And if you are a white person and you make any type of comment that is even remotely remotely interpreted as racist or discriminatory, you're canceled and you're done and goodbye. But if you're a person of color and you make those comments, everyone else turns their head because people are too afraid to come out and criticize. And yet here's LeBron James, and I hate to keep on going back to this, but I have to, that a month ago, there was a murder, okay, of a white student in the parking lot of his high school, okay? Eight days later, three African-Americans were arrested and charged with the crime. Now, the crime is still ongoing. It's in the judicial system. So I will say innocent until proven guilty. But here's a horrific event that happened in the parking lot of LeBron James High School. Is it LeBron's job to solve the crime? No. Is it LeBron James' job to go out and arrest the uh, suspects? No. But... How come LeBron James was silent on that? And does anyone think that LeBron James would have been silent if the victim had been black and the alleged suspects white? What do you think would have happened then? Again, we are never going to move forward as a society if we continue to make decisions 
based on the color of someone's skin or their sexuality or their religion. We're never going to move forward. We continue to take steps back. We're not taking steps forward. We're taking steps back in society, in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we could go all day on this, but, you know, uh, the circumstances are the circumstances. But, you know, literally, if that would have been a reverse situation, you talk about innocent, you know, before being proven guilty in a court of law, you know, there is a lot of whether you're white, black, purple, green, yellow, um, there is a jump with certain races if there is an incident to automatically speak out like you're saying so um of course there is Uh, look at what's going on again in minnesota right now i mean you know again it's just we live in a really disturbing country and people talk about you know end systemic racism and end racism you want to end systemic racism i'm all for that you want to know what the best way to do it have the same uh uh have the same standards apply to all people, all right? Don't have different standards for different people based on race, all right? You want you want to end systemic racism in the country? You want to move forward? Have the same standards for people. Don't have a different set of standards and rules based on the color of your skin. It's, it's, it's absurd. Uh, it's ridiculous. And there are too few people that are willing to come out and speak on it and it's just it's really it's such a shame it really is so let me and you can please say i'm not going to answer this question but I, I have to ask it you know the nba is made up mostly of african-american and black players correct i mean probably i would say an yes. 80 20 percentage do you think that shifts the way that decisions are made in marketing is made? of course of yeah. course 100 percent so yeah, it, of course, it, it, that puts you in a really, really weird position, right? Um, if you're Adam Silver, and I, I'm not calling him racist by any means, but it, it, it turns into when we go back to politics, it's not a political show, so we're not going to get into that. But that puts you in a very, very delicate situation. Where is it? Do I do the right thing? And I'm not saying he's done anything wrong, but do I do the right thing? For the league, whether it's a single decision or, you know, just anything that happens on the court or, you know, macro level decisions versus what is going to cause viewership to go down. Because the NBA viewership is going down. There's no doubt about that. Well, you bring up a good question. First of all, we would be naive to think that Adam Silver is going to be the commissioner of a predominantly black league and and not make some decisions based on that. And I, and I understand that. And I, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, his job as commissioner is really uh, a, a difficult one, but his job is, is he has many aspects to his job. First and foremost, um, you know, he has to have the league continue to have high revenue, which they have. He has to make the owners happy and he has to make the players happy while well, he works in a business where the majority of the people that work in his business that really make the product go are people of color. They're African-American, they're black, uh, they're people of color, right? Okay, so Adam Silver is cognizant of that and has to tilt the, the just has, you know, he has to tilt the, I'm trying to think what word I'm making, but has to tilt the, the jar, so to speak, that way. I mean, I I acknowledge that you acknowledge that we all acknowledge that I I don't I don't have a problem with that. But when it comes to Kevin Durant, you know, one of the great stars of his generation, in clear, clear, clear volume on TV, telling a fan to you just got to shut the F up and sit down. When the fan didn't say anything egregious, didn't say anything wrong. That's a bad look for the league. And yet the league remains silent. Okay. When you have Myers Leonard of the Miami Heat playing a video game and using a derogatory term towards Jewish people, okay, comes out and says he had no idea that's what the word meant. And by the way, I believe him because I've taken a poll myself with my friends in Miami. I do believe him when he says that he was uh, suspended. Then he was traded to Oklahoma City. And he was subsequently cut and is no longer in the league. 
So, you know, again, we have different rules and different standards in one league if you're white compared to if you are black. Okay. I mean, Draymond Green used a derogatory term towards black people. Okay. The fact that he is black and used a derogatory term towards another black person, to me, in my opinion, shouldn't give him a pass. Okay. A bad word to me is a bad word. If you're black and you use a bad word towards a white person or towards a black person, to me, shouldn't just change the rules of the game. Okay. How about we eradicate all racial slurs from our vocabulary, regardless of the person and the color of their skin that makes the derogatory racial slur? Why is that so hard in our society? Shouldn't be. You're spot on. You're absolutely spot on. Miles Leonard um, commentary was a, a great example and analogy of what's going on with, you know, what we're dealing with in society. I mean, it, I'm not going to bring up Colin Kaepernick and people like that, but you look at Adam Silver and he is, you know, literally it's the worst at any of these guys that are in the major sports franchises, that are the commissioners. They are working for owners that, let's be honest, predominantly white and for the most part in most sports they're all white there you go and on the flip side you have the players so it, and there's not not every player is black or african-american however the majority are so it, it, it until we can do something as a society and eliminate racism, which, Grant, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know this about me. I'm optimistic, but I am pessimistic about this. It's only getting worse. It's not getting better. Yes, it is. And I think both of us can agree that we would love to see a day where this is not there. And I think probably everybody listening would agree with that. You know why it's getting, you know, you know why it's getting worse? I'll tell you why. Let's just be blunt. It's getting worse because the majority of people in America are white. All right. That's just those are the facts. And the there there are too many white people. And I'm going to raise my hand because I don't want to I want to be fully transparent here that are becoming disgusted. With the double standards in our society as it relates to me being a white man. OK, I think it's shameful what has occurred in our country. And there are too many people that are afraid to speak up for what is right because of double standards. And I, for one, am sick and tired of the double standards because I happen to be a white male in my 60s, okay? I don't like it, I am bothered by it, and it doesn't mean that I'm racist, it doesn't mean that I don't want to end systemic racism, doesn't mean that I don't want equality for all, but what it does mean is, you know what? I'm getting tired of seeing what's going on in our country and seeing that we have different rules for different people. And if you are a person of color, like LeBron James or Draymond Green, you can just say and do whatever you want with no ramifications. There's no one in your league that's going to speak up. Same thing in the NFL and Roger Goodell. And we can go on and on. I mean, Deshaun Jackson two years ago makes anti-Semitic yeah. comments. The NFL didn't even respond to it. Nothing happened. Okay. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles dealt with it. Yeah. He went on and did his, you know, open PR stuff. But the league didn't do a damn thing. Why? Because he happens to be black. All right. And I and that has nothing to do with, you know, that was a anti-Semitic comment. That wasn't a white person making a comment about a black person or vice versa. That was a African-American National Football League player making horrific, derogatory, anti-Semitic comments and nothing happened to him. I have a problem with that. I think that is wrong for our society. Because you and I both know, and Myers Leonard is a perfect example, he makes a comment which, you know, again, quite frankly, was much less inflammatory than what Deshaun Jackson did. And he's, a, he's automatically canceled. Boom. Canceled. Gone. Bye. I have a problem with that. And so we're never going to move forward in this country if we keep on having different standards for different people based on the color of their skin. I'm, I've never, we're never going to get there, Ryan. No, we're not. And, you know, I, I think I'll sum it up because I want to make sure everybody else can uh, get on here. But until we start putting people over money, this problem's going to continue. Period. End of story. So. Amen.
Anyways, all right, Grant, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Be good. Take care. All right. You know, remember when Carlton Davis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, used the derogatory term for Asians, the word that begins with the letter G? Okay? NFL didn't come out and make any statement at all. Nothing. Just complete ignored it. Right? Imagine if a white player made a derogatory comment like that in a statement about Asians. Just a joke. It's a joke. Really is. Plain and simple, it's a joke. Let's get to uh, Jerry here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. Hey, Grant, a couple things. Um, you know, we all know that LeBron James is a superstar. Uh, and the only other person I can think of right now that's playing in the NBA is Luka Dantich as being a star. Do you think Adam Silver could would have came out and addressed his comments if he would have said the same thing that LeBron James would have said? Well, first of all, can I just – you don't think Steph Curry is a superstar? No, no, no. Uh, what I meant was uh, that is white. Oh, oh, white. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. I misunderstood you there. Um, so your follow-up question to that was what now? Do I think what? Uh, do you think Adam Silver would have came out and addressed these issues if it was Luka Doncic saying this stuff, what LeBron James said? Of course. 100%. Absolutely. And Luka Doncic would be in unbelievable, uh, you know, hot water, blah, blah, blah. I mean... Yes, I mean, do you remember the playoff game in the bubble when Montrez Harold called Luka Doncic uh, a you right, right? Uh, yes, yes. And nothing happened. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Could you imagine if a white player <laughs> made that wow. comment to a black player in the middle of a game? Grant, there would have been a freaking riot, dude. I'm serious. That's right. There would have been a riot. That's right. That's exactly right. And that player would no longer be playing in the NBA in all likelihood. And Grant, let me uh, one more thing, sir. Um, this thing about uh, this thing about LeBron James, Grant, and I don't like you know spending time on on that guy because I mean I'm with the basketball player, he's great, but just the other LeBron James, I cannot stand him, Grant, with the passion. Okay, what I want to say is, uh, don't you think he's just making it really hard on himself when he says these things about the Boston fans? What does he expect next year or the year after? I mean, the guy's bringing it on himself. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, LeBron James is on. He doesn't care. He's a billionaire. Uh, he has over 50 million followers on social media. He has a life of grandeur. His family has a life of grandeur. He doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care at all. He does not care. And, and Grant, I'm going to tell you one more thing, Grant. Uh, what's going on in Los Angeles with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James saying that, you know, what nobody on this team wants to win, this and that. I mean, you know what? I don't see the Lakers next year making the postseason. I mean, Anthony Davis playing 20, 25 games a year. I don't see him. Well, if LeBron James is healthy and Anthony Davis were to remain healthy, which is a huge if, I think they would make the playoffs. But, um, uh, you know what, who the hell knows anymore? I have to wait and see what the roster is going to look like on opening day. I still know the Lakers are trying to do some things. So, you know, it's July and training camp doesn't open until the end of September. So let's see what the roster looks like then. Yeah, but Grant, what are they going to do, Grant? Uh, I they don't have a lot of cap space, do they? No, I listen, I understand. I'm just saying I want to wait and see what the roster is like. You never know. There's still, you know, a lot of things that could be done. So let's see how it looks. Uh, we are talking about the Lakers, and generally speaking, they're not non-playoff teams very often. All right, sir. Uh, thank you for your time, Grant. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye, Jerry. You know, again, the, the different standards that we have uh, in our society – uh, in my opinion, it's very, very sad. All right, let's get to some more phone calls, and uh, we welcome in Steve. Steve, hit that uh, hand or hit there. There we go. Hey, Steve, how are you? Yeah, Grant. Thanks for for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, just wanted to change it up a little bit and get back a little bit to the, the open. Um, I heard one of the listeners was talking about uh, some of the the play not being up to cameras, and maybe I just misunderstood. But in my my mind. Uh, especially where McElroy is concerned. I don't think he lost it. I don't think any of them lost it because you, you look at the uh, top 10 average uh, of the players there in the last day, they averaged over four under par. 
So, I mean, the, the, the whole, the whole uh, group was playing really well. It's just that, you know, obviously Cameron Smith with his, you know, record setting performance, just, he, he, he won it. He took it and he won it. And my take on it is that, you know, I'm not too surprised because if you look what he's done, it seems like this has been building to a crescendo where sooner or later he was going to win. I mean, he was tied for second in the masters in 2021 tied for third in 2022 that he was a TPC champion this year. You just felt like sooner or later he was going to have his day. And I think it was his day uh, on, on Sunday. You know, the, the reality is, you know, Rory McIlroy didn't hit a bad shot yesterday. Tita Green, he didn't hit a bad shot. He just couldn't make birdie putts, and that, that's going to happen. But when you think about Rory's actual game, uh, you know, if you knew before the round started that Rory was going to hit the ball from tee to green the way he did yesterday, you would say, no problem, he's going to win the tournament easily. But he didn't make a putt, and Cameron Smith did. But if you're going to analyze McElroy's round of golf, he hit the ball about – he basically hit the ball perfectly yesterday. He played perfectly except for couldn't make putts. Yeah, and uh, you said something, Grant, about uh, football coming up. And, and I apologize if you've already spent – tons amount of time on i've been out of circulation for a bit but uh i was wondering did, did you have a take on um you know usc and ucla joining the big 10 and what that's going to mean in terms of the balance of powers for these leagues and and what's the end game and 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 what does this all mean in terms of the health of football the health of college athletics you know where is all this going to end i had I do a show weekly on another network, No Filter Network with Sean Salisbury, who was a starting quarterback at USC and has strong allegiance to that. And I asked him because I thought he would be better suited uh, to talk about this. Obviously, the, the geographical rivalries are going to suffer. But when you have USC playing Ohio State, Michigan, you know, when you have them playing, they will form new rivalries and instead of USC playing Washington State or Oregon State, and I hate to pick on schools, I'm just using this for an example because both of those programs have had good teams in the past. But you understand what I mean? They were going. He right. thinks the rivalries now are going to be more powerful than had they remained in the Pac-12. He said they will still play Notre Dame every year, which is obviously a huge game. They're obviously going to continue to play UCLA, so they won't be losing that rivalry. He actually did not think it was going to be a, he didn't he, he did not think it was going to be a negative he thought there was going to be more compelling games for football fans and what do fans want they want compelling games he thought that it's actually going to mean be better for college football because they're the games are going to be more compelling on Saturdays instead of a lot of dud type of games no I, I get it so I, I guess the student athlete really is going to be an oxymoron because I mean, just look at the amount of travel these teams need to need yes. to, to go for, you know, from the, you know, I don't know how Hawaii does it the, the way they do it. They manage to, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of consultants I don't are talking to their, their team to ask them how they, they survived changes of time zone like that in any given week. And from a fan perspective, it, it, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Cause you just brought up a great point. Let's take a look at USC. All right. It's a football uh, powerhouse. Maybe not right now on the, level of Alabama or some of the other teams in the SEC, but let's just talk about that for a minute. What about the what about the football player that goes on the field at USC knowing full well that they're not going to play in the NFL? And let's be honest, the vast majority of players are going to wear a uniform this fall of the Trojan colors that says USC on it are never going to play in the National Football League. And even though that's a dream, deep down they realize that's probably unlikely. What about those student athletes that do want a degree? How hard is that going to be for them? It's a very good question. Oh, I can't imagine because it's not only the time zone change, it's, it's, the, it's the travel. I mean, I don't know what, what days yes. they're going to get there to go from the West Coast. In some cases, if you're going to Rutgers, I mean, you're going all the way to the East Coast. Um, and you, you've flown a lot, Grant. I, yep. I, I've, I've followed your, your postings about flying through the years. And yeah, I don't care what anybody says. You get on an airplane after a, a long week or say a long weekend and you're flying back to the West Coast and you've got a five, six hour flight. Yep. There's no way you're opening your textbooks and, and cracking the books and, and being at the top of your academic no. game coming back. No. So 
I just have no happening. idea how nope. these guys uh, that are that are just you know the players that aren't going to make it are, are going to do it. So that's that's just uh, well, I guess it remains to be seen. What and what about what's your take on a, on a team like Notre Dame? I mean, they're looking at you know they're they're non conference except I think in, maybe in basketball the ACC, but in football I don't know if they're aligned yet. I don't think they are. What are they going to do? You know, I mean, and again, no, they've been they able aren't. to rest on their own walls as Notre Dame to get their own TV contract. But when you start to look at the consolidation of some of these super leagues now, uh, you, you kind of wonder if the money is going to pale in comparison to what they can get. So, are, you know, maybe not, but you wonder, are, are they going to be forced to, to join, you know, one of these other conferences if they're going to you know, maintain that that uh, that money uh, spigot going to, to keep their programs alive so they can be competitive against some of these players? You know, I. It, it's a great question. Can you imagine the conference that were, would get uh, Notre Dame? But they're looking for a $75 million annual media rights deal to remain an independent. And if they get that, there's no reason for them to join a conference. All right. Matter of fact, I'm going to read something uh, that was recently. And this was Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports had uh, wrote that, that another Power Five conference um, could could appease Notre Dame. But here we go. Here it is. Dodd wrote this. Notre Dame would remain independent if it can earn at least $75 million annually in media rights revenue from current broadcast partner NBC. The Fighting Irish's deal with the network is set to expire in 2025. For NBC to feel comfortable raising Notre Dame's valuation to such a level, it is seeking shoulder programming from a Power Five conference to enhance its college football coverage. When such a move had been speculated previously, the Big Ten was the conference mentioned most often as a target. However, the Big 12 has emerged as a strong option to fill NBC's shoulder programming needs. So what that means is NBC is looking for a couple of other teams to piggyback on that deal. But if Notre Dame gets $75 million, all right, in annual media rights revenue, they will remain independent. So keep your eye on that. So and do you know what the, what the Big Ten is going to get for TV rights then with the, with the new addition of UCLA and USC? Is, do you know what kind of money we're talking about? No, I don't off the top of my head. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, I get the $75 million, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of these schools are going to play some cupcakes just, uh, you know, so that's not going to be compelling TV if you're on a subscription for Notre Dame. And, boy, with some of these other compelling right. matchups you get from, you know, the likes of the Big Ten doing that, you got to wonder. It, it, they, they better – I don't know. I mean, the other the, – the, it, must, it must mean in my mind that the other ones are getting a heck of a lot more money. But while you're talking about money too, Grant, what about Cameron Smith allegedly being offered – Ninety million dollars from LIV to, to join that. I mean, where's that? Where's that going to head with with the money in PGA? Well, let me, I'll tell you exactly where it's going to head. He, he's going to go play uh, in the Live Golf Tour. I don't think there's any doubt. One other uh, one other thing I want to add. Jack Swarbrick is the athletic director to Notre Dame, and he spoke up on this about joining a conference. "Quote: We don't feel any particular urgency. We think there's ample time for us." to let the landscape settle, meaning that the TV deal does not expire until 2025. What does it mean? It means that uh, Cameron Smith is going to be playing on the live tour. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I, I'd i be shocked. You know, Greg Norman, obviously Australian. Uh, I'm sure that there's some connections there. And Smith now has a major under his belt, which gives him the exemptions. And again, we're looking at players on the, excuse me, in the live tour played in the U.S. Open. They played in the Open Championship. You know, if you're a golfer and you have those exemptions and you can go play in the Live Golf Tour and you can make 70, 80, 90, 100 million guaranteed, and then you can still play in the majors, the four majors, because you have exemptions, that's the best of both worlds, is it not? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you just look what Tiger Woods had done in the second half of his career. He really built his his appearances and his, and his practice and yep. everything to surge for the Masters. And that's ultimately, I think, what Correct. gains people, um, uh, you know, that that cachet when they're being called the greatest of all time. It's almost like the Super Bowl of golf. So, in a way, with these with these exemptions, yes, you know, and let's face it, I mean, you know, there are some compelling golf tournaments for the year, but for the most part, people are tuning in for the majors. 
So I think the PGA is going to have a heck of a time. That's uh, correct. Trying to um, impose their will, especially when the best of the best are, are getting the exceptions. It, it's it's going to be very interesting. Yep. To I don't think legally they're going to win it. They're not they're not going to win in court on this. I mean, I don't think there's any way in the world you can take a player who has exemptions uh, and prevent them from playing in a tournament that they're qualified for. I, I'm sorry, but I, 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 based on what I'm reading, I don't think this is going to happen. If you're on the live golf tour and you have an exemption to play in one of the majors, you're going to be able to play in the majors. And again, if you're that player and you're let, let's look Brooks Kepka, for example, Brooks Kepka is making a ton of money. I think the reported was, that was what reported 90 million. So he gets 90 million guaranteed money. And let's say I'm wrong on the 90 million, but it's there about you. You, he has a body that's been breaking down. He doesn't have to play as much and can still play in all four majors and make the 90 million guaranteed. If you're Brooks Kepka, why would you say no to that? Oh yeah. Absolutely. And even a lot of the junior players that are getting appearance money and things like that, you know, they're developing yes. their own farm system too. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, anyway, yeah. well, Hey Grant, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steve, it's good hearing from you. Hope you're doing well. Have a great week. Take care. Take care. Always enjoy Steve from uh, the good old days back in Sacramento. Uh, he was... Uh, somebody that I always enjoyed talking to on my show. So well-informed, passionate sports fan. Good hearing from Steve, uh, who is, in, I believe, Stephen Vacaville is what we would refer to him, like Ryan in Sacktown, uh, Steve in Vacaville. The money, though, on the Live Golf Tour, I mean, it's not going away from what I understand. Uh, good show today. Again, I really appreciate the conversation on LeBron James, I just think it's despicable when you just make a comment like LeBron made, right? Seriously, they're as they're racist as f the Boston fans. I'll tell you, I, if you're a fan of the Boston Celtics, I just can't even imagine a comment like that. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like next year when LeBron James goes into Boston. And I can tell you right now, LeBron doesn't care. But that's uh, it's going to be very interesting, to say the least. All right, great show today. Uh, we'll be back in 24 hours. Hope that you have yourself a fabulous week. And thank you so much for listening right here. Uh, if you are out and about tomorrow morning, if you're – Board. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But I will be on uh, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock Pacific on No Filter Network with Eric Burns and Sean Salisbury. And uh, we're going to start talking some football with Burnsy. We'll also talk a little bit about the uh, All-Star game tomorrow night as the Home Run Derby is currently going on. We'll talk to Burnsy about whether he likes the fact that there will be a Home Run Derby if the game is tied. Uh, after nine. So that's tomorrow morning. No filter network, 12 o'clock Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I'll put a link out on my Twitter page. You can also go to nofilter.net and uh, it is easy to watch. That's tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific on No Filter Network. Sean Salisbury, Eric Burns, and yours truly. Have yourself a fabulous day or a fabulous evening now that we are officially at uh, six o'clock Pacific. Be well. Take care. So long, everybody.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.